Hallelujah. Amen. Well, welcome for, well, this is the first Sunday of summer, officially. Our summers are so short. Pastor June and I have been talking about that almost into July already. So you got to make it work. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. I want to uh, welcome those who are viewing online this morning. Praise God. And uh, just tap in with us. The anointing can be there in your living room, wherever you are. Hallelujah. And we're here together to hear the word this morning, right? Amen. Well, we're starting a, a, a new series this, this morning, By My Spirit, Navigating Life with the Help of the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to be ministering on this subject for a few weeks. And uh, I trust that you will receive something. Some of it, you, a lot of you already know. But are we put it, putting it into practice? Amen. Hallelujah. I want us to look at Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. Zechariah. Where is that, Pastor? In the Bible, in the Old Testament. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, So, the Lord answered Zechariah and said, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Amen. And if if there's ever a day that we, the New Testament church, living right now, we need to understand the importance of this. It's not by our ability, but by his Holy Spirit. Amen? That we can walk in victory. And listen, you need the Holy Spirit to understand the Bible. Because if you don't have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is our teacher. What Jesus told his disciples, he will teach you and share with you things that are to come. So to live a life without the the power of the Spirit in this day and age, I I don't know how people can do that. I don't know how Christians can uh, live their lives and uh, there are, you know, Christians that don't believe in the second work of God as far as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is important. Without the Holy Spirit involved, we can't even be born again. Because the Bible says we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Hallelujah. But there is a second, what we call, what I brought up in church, a second work of grace, which is the infilling of the Holy Spirit apart from our salvation experience. So, not by might, nor by power, but by the Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20 says this, for the kingdom of God is not just fancy talk. Come on now. It is living by God's power. And we see that, that what we're talking about is not a, a belief system, is not religion, but it is an experience, amen, that we need. And, and you might ask, you know, why, why, why do we need more than just salvation? And I believe the important part is salvation, but without receiving Christ in our life, and it takes the work of the Holy Spirit to, uh, you know, move in our hearts, to bring us into that place where we make Jesus the Lord of our life. But to live an overcoming life in this world, and, you know, if you want to read some things, read uh, Romans 6 and Romans 7 and Romans 8, and Paul there describes the work of the Holy Spirit in his life to be an overcomer. Amen? Overcome the things of the flesh. 
And we'll be talking about that more next week. So, so it, the, the kingdom of God is not in fancy talk. It isn't just, boy, I'm, you know, just, it, it, takes something, it takes a power of the Holy Spirit to live by God's power. And that word power in the Greek is dunamis. Dunamis. Hallelujah. And I want us to read Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 in the Amplified Bible. It says, but you shall receive power. And I like this. It already translated uh, what the Greek would say. But you shall receive power, ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends, the very bounds of the earth. Hallelujah. So here we see that the Holy Spirit brings to us a dynamic of supernatural ability that much of the church world has not plugged into. Not plugged into because they have been taught wrong things, and we're going to talk about that in just a few moments, about the Holy Spirit, about that experience, the power of God in our life. But folks, how many of you have had that power and you know the difference? You were, without, you were without it at one point. You were a Christian. Amen? You get, did all the works, right, that you were supposed to as a Christian. But something dynamic happened to you when you experienced the infilling or the, what we call the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen? And even at that, none of us have received all that God has for us. None of us. Amen? Hallelujah. So, dunamis is the word translated power in the Greek, and it's supernatural ability and strength. Supernatural. How many of us try to get by on natural? Huh? Come on now. <laughs> now, I know most automobiles now run on what we call unleaded, regular gasoline. But, you know, some of the more expensive cars need to run on what we call high octane. Come on now. I don't like to pay the money for the high octane. So I'm glad, amen. But I know that some of the cars I've had in the past, it, it has required the higher priced gasoline, the high octane, and if you didn't put the higher octane in it, your car would make all kinds of weird noises. We would call it, it would ping. You know, you'd step on your gas and you'd hear your engine because it just, and that's what a lot of the church world is right now. They're, they try to step on the gas and they just don't have the power because they don't have that high octane. See, the Holy Spirit brings a high octane. Glory to God. Amen? See, your salvation will get you to heaven, but you need the power of the Spirit to live life now. And navigate through all of the ups and downs and everything, you know, you hear on the news and all this stuff. Well, see, the Holy Spirit will help you to apply God's word. Amen? Give you revelation of God's word so you can make it. Hallelujah. Praise God through this day. So, Jesus said, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Hallelujah. Now, if you think about this, he told this, this was the, the very last words that Jesus gave instructions to his disciples before he ascended into heaven. After he rose from the dead, he spent around 40 days of teaching and being with his disciples before he ascended into heaven. 
And this word, but you shall receive power. He said, you're not going to teach, you're not going to preach. Now listen to me. These guys had been with Jesus for three years. They knew how to do ministry. He told them, go two by two. He sent the 12 out. And then later on, he sent 70 out. He said, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. So they knew how to apply the principles of ministering to people. But Jesus said, now, don't do it. Don't go out. Don't try to do this without the help of the Holy Spirit. You go to Jerusalem. You wait until you be, are endued with power from on high. And that's what he's talking about, supernatural ability. Well, we see what Peter's training got him. Didn't he deny Christ three times? And Peter was kind of the lead disciple in the group, right? But he couldn't overcome that weakness. He denied Christ. That's why we need the power. You know, some people think, well, I'm a Christian. I got saved. I can live without this Holy Spirit stuff. No, you just think you can. But Jesus told Peter and the other disciples, you go, you wait, you tarry until something happens with you. And they have no idea what was going to happen. They were just obeying God. So they went to the upper room and they waited and they prayed. The Bible says they were together, together. They were together, together. They were in anticipation of something happening. In Acts chapter 2, verse 4, we're not going to read that today, but the Holy Spirit came in in a dynamic way. Hallelujah, a mighty wind. In fact, in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew, there's not really the word to describe the Holy Spirit. New Testament is pneuma, it's wind. In the Old Testament, it would be, <sighs> Holy Spirit, glory to God. So the Holy Spirit introduced himself with a rushing, mighty wind. Hallelujah. Praise God. If those fellows were wearing wigs, they would have probably blown off. I'm telling you. It was a category five in that upper room. And then the tongues of fire. Jesus said when the Holy Spirit comes, he will baptize you with fire. Glory to God. So, it's very important for us to see this. We've got to have the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. Peter needed it. It was totally different when Peter came out of that upper room after he had experienced and been baptized and submerged. Baptized means to, mm. we just had a great baptismal service a few weeks ago. Amen? Well, you know, we don't do just a little. I keep people under until they get know that they are under. I get every hair. You know, some of you ladies, long hair, your hair kind of floats to the top. Now they're going down. Glory to God. Well, that's what baptism means. You need to be enveloped. You, you, you need to be soaked with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I heard one pastor, he said when he was a kid, he grew up in, 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 in the Baptist church. And, and of course, they are known uh, to really preach against this experience of baptism of the Holy Spirit. And uh, so he was saying that, uh, 
you know, he, they had a, this professor come down and he was telling uh, this, this academy, he said, uh, you know, you don't want to have anything to do with a ghost. Of course, King James says the Holy Ghost. You know, and, and he said, you know what? That stuck in me. I was afraid of ghosts anyway. In the natural, I don't want anything to do with a ghost. But after retraining, after hearing over and over and, and, and being around people, he noticed that there was something different about people who had the ghost. Amen? They were happier. There's nothing worse than be, being in a church full with non-Holy Spirit-filled cranks. <laughs> Religious people. You know what I'm saying? Hallelujah. But anyway, he got inundated with the power of the Holy Spirit, changed his life. Hallelujah. So Peter needed it. John needed it. All the disciples, even Mary, the mother of Jesus, got baptized. She was in the upper room too. They up, went up one way, and they came down another. They came down with power. Remember what dunamis supernatural ability and strength. We get our word dynamite from the power of dunamis. That talks about an explosive power. How many of you want that explosive power in your life? Amen? That explosive. Some of you have been baptized with the Holy Spirit, but you're kind of holding back. Don't hold back. Don't hold back. And we're going to talk about that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Something happens when the Holy Spirit comes on you. All through the book of Acts. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, let's look at uh, two examples. We're going to look at the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 6. And I want to share, just show you the difference between, and it brings this out in the book of Acts more than any other book of the Bible because this is when the, the power of the Holy Spirit was, this is when the church was birthed. Amen. And it says this in verse 1, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, this, these are very important scriptures now. If you have any uh, reluctance as far as, as another experience other than salvation. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, now notice what he said. No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? And they said, John's baptism. How many of you know John the Baptist baptized unto repentance? Okay. So Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. And he told the people to believe in the one coming after him, which is Jesus. All right. They'd been baptized by John's doctrine, John the Baptist, but now they're going to get saved. On hearing this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. And that's what we do here at the church. When a person receives Christ and says the salvation uh, prayer and, and, and they're born again, the first thing that we do is get them baptized in water. Amen? And this is what was happening. Look at this just look at it, it's laid out. And then 
when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit come on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. So three things. These disciples, number one, when Paul came, they had been baptized by John the Baptist unto repentance. Number two, the apostle Paul got them born again, got them baptized into Jesus Christ. Number three, he laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Glory to God. It just laid out so simple, so simple. So, you know, for people who say, even religious people say, well, I, you know, I'm born again, that's all there is. I feel sad for you. That's not all there is. That's just the beginning of your spiritual walk. And I would say your spiritual awakening. Awakening with the things of God. Let's look at Acts chapter 8 in verse 5. <clears throat> Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed the Christ there. Amen? He was doing some evangelistic work. Telling the people that they needed to get saved. In verse 12 it says, But when they believed Philip as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus, they were baptized, both men and women. In other words, they got born again. They said the sinner's prayer. They believed in Jesus. Amen. And they were baptized in water. Amen. Okay. And verse 14 says, when the, the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, then sent Peter, or they sent Peter and John to them. And verse 15 says, when they arrived, they prayed for them that they might receive what? The Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, yet they were saved and they were baptized. But the Bible says the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. They had simply been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Amen. Why doesn't God put everything in one package? Well, because number one, when people get born again, they need to know what has happened to them. They need to know the atonement. They need to understand that Jesus paid the price, that we have all sinned and we've all come short of the glory of God. Amen? And that Jesus came to take our place. He became sin with our sin that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So upon understanding that, hearing that, and confessing Jesus as Lord, we are born again. Amen. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. But there is another place in God that the Bible, that the Scriptures leads us to, and that is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And what that does, oh, hallelujah, <laughs> It expounds, it explodes what's happened to you when you got saved. Praise God. Amen. You'll read the Bible with greater revelation. You'll begin to understand God's word in a greater way because the Bible says when you have the Holy Spirit, you have an anointing, you have an unction, and you know. You know things that a lot of people that are set in churches don't know. <laughs> I remember visiting a, a man in our church in, uh, in Lake Havasu with an associate pastor, and, and he was proud that he had read his Bible through every year. He'd be sitting on the chair reading his Bible through. 
He never did go to church. Never did see him in church. His wife came to church. She was a character. Probably why he didn't come to church. No, just kidding. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Have you ever been around a person like that that just has the anointing to just gab? <laughs> you pointing a finger at him? Oh, okay. Oh, hallelujah. Anyway, we, she was a landlord. They were landlords of the apartments of us young boys were staying in. And, and she loved Jesus. Her husband was the one that was reading the Bible. He just sat there. He's kind of blah. You know, I understand this. It was cool. Uh, she'd, she'd get on the phone with me. You know, I was associate pastor there. And, uh, and that's the old phones. How many of you know the, what the rotary phones look like? You don't even remember? Some of the new kids wouldn't even know how to work those things. <laughs> the dial-up phones, you know? So that's what we had back then. And, and literally, I'd set that receiver down and walk and do my chores, come back, and she was still talking about the same thing. I said, yeah, hallelujah. <laughs> but anyway, the, what I was getting to get to the point, this, this man, you know, uh, he took great pride of being religious in reading the Bible, but he didn't do anything that the Bible was saying to do because he lacked an element, and that was, I believe he was born again, but he didn't have the power, dunamis, of the Holy Spirit in his life to propel him, amen. It's a supernatural, I, I want to say a supernatural force that God puts inside of us. Amen, hallelujah, that, that causes us to have passion, that causes us to want to. Amen, hallelujah. It's hard to understand that, but you know, there's a place in God uh, that, that many of us have not achieved. There is uh, experiences with God, hallelujah, and God is inviting us through the power of the Holy Spirit, even if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. You know, that could have been 10 years ago. Well, the Bible talks about a refreshing, a refilling. Be being filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you read the book of Acts, uh, these disciples just didn't have that one experience on, in, in, you know, on the day of Pentecost in the upper room, but they were again baptized with the Holy Spirit. Amen? And again and again, they lived it. Hallelujah. That's God living in and through you. Praise the Lord. Not to just change your own life, but to touch the world around you. Empowers you to be witnesses. Amen? And that's coming up not this week, but another week. Hallelujah. God, God didn't bless you just to, you know, sit back and just do nothing. He empowered you to, to make a difference in the people that you're around. Amen? Hallelujah. Ephesians, let's look at this. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30 out of the Message Bible. Don't grieve God. Don't break his heart. You think, why would the apostles say this if, if, if it wasn't true? Don't grieve God. Don't break his heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life. And I want to challenge myself, all of us this morning, whether you have been baptized with the Holy Spirit or you haven't, is to begin to understand that, 
that, that having that relationship with the Holy Spirit is the most intimate part of our lives. Amen. And by not allowing the Holy Spirit to have his rightful place, it says it's actually grieving God and it's breaking the heart of the Father. Because Jesus said, I must go away. I must die this death. I must ascend into heaven so my Father can send back the Holy Spirit. And those who don't receive that free gift of the Holy Spirit, I believe is offending the Father. No, no, that's not. What is it like when you're trying to give somebody a, a gift and you really want to bless that person? And I was, no, I don't want that. No, no. What does it make you feel like? You're not, they're not receiving it. It's a part of you you're giving. And this is my Father God. He's given us the Holy Spirit to help us. He knows it's the most important thing in our life. Hallelujah. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in us is the most intimate part of our life, making us what? Fit for himself. So don't take such a gift for granted. Don't take it for granted when we talk about the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, we're not going to pray for anybody to receive the Holy Now listen, I know in the book of Acts many times you see the apostles laying hands on people. And we do that a lot on Sunday nights when people to pray for healing and people that want to be baptized. I invite you if you're hungry, come on Sunday nights. We take time to minister to you and people. But listen, all you have to do is in your kitchen, in your car, say, Holy Spirit, Heavenly Father, I want that gift that the pastor talked about. Just open up your heart. Hallelujah. He'll come into you. He will empower you. Praise the Lord. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Amen? Glory to God. All right, look at Ephesians. See, we need to be in constant pursuit of all that God has for us. Ephesians 5, verse 18 through 20. It says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, instead be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Now, if, if, if the apostle uses the word filled, that means that, how many of you know that you can fill your car up, right? I'd rather keep my gas tank on the full side. So I go to the gas stations when it's half empty. All right? I always do that, even on a road trip. It gets down to half. It's time for me to stretch. Time for me to put more gas in there. Amen. One time this past trip, we went to Tampa. It got down to three quarters of a tank, and, and I was sweating it out because I don't know where the next station is. Huh? I want to keep it above half at all times. Hallelujah. But see, when we're driving and when we're living in this world, and we're going through things and issues and stuff like that, some of us leak. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on now. The cares of this life, cares of this world, that's why you need to get under the spout where the glory comes out and get filled again. 
Amen. Get filled again. Hallelujah. And Paul is talking to the church in Ephesus. Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. And, and in the Greek, it, it's, it's, the tense is be being filled. In other words, staying filled. Keep it overflowing filled. Hallelujah. Praise God. And then he tells you how to do this. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. How many of you go to singing around each other? Come on now. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Singing and make music in your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. So what are some of the steps? I want to talk about a couple things. Number one, we've got to remove barriers. That keeps us from all that God has for us. Could be wrong teaching. Could be to, uh, and a lot of it is wrong teaching, especially if you come out of other churches that have taught against, against the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I don't know if it was Pastor Judy that said this when she started going to, uh, they, they called, our church was called Christian Assembly. We were Assembly of God Church in, there in, ha- in, in Arizona. But we're also called the domes because we were geodesic domes, three geodesic domes, white domes in the desert, okay? Looked like golf balls sticking out of the ground. But you know, uh, you know churches that, that believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit have been said that they swing from chandeliers, they roll on the floor. Well, that could happen. <laughs> Come on now. And, and, and to a lot of people, it says, that don't sound. But let me ask you this. What do you act like when you go to a ball game? Hmm? We act crazy at different times, but when we come to church, we, we're stiff-necked people. Don't move me. Come on now. Hallelujah. So, the experience because of the, the power of God. Now listen, the disciples, 120, came out of the upper room drunk. Peter said this, these are not drunk as you suppose, but they are filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. So there is something that happens And see, some people don't like to be out of control of themselves. Well, that's funny because why do you go to the bar and you drink until you get stupid? See, it's okay in the natural to drink, but we need to learn to drink in the spirit. Amen? So wrong teaching. Well, you know, don't go down to that church because they just, you know, they, they're those tongue talkers and tongues of the devil and uh, they, they've been known to handle snakes. and <laughs> Come on now. Been given a bad name. Azusa Street, outpouring, early 1900s. They would actually throw eggs and tomatoes at the spirit-filled Christians. That's religion. I was reading the book of Acts. The apostle Paul persecuted the Christians until Jesus got a hold of them. On the road to Damascus, glory to God, 
struck him down. I don't know if he fell on the ground off a horse or whatever, but he was struck blind. And God told him, you go into Jerusalem, find uh, a man named Ananias, and he'll pray for you, and you'll receive your sight, and you'll be filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So the apostle Paul had lived the religious life. And see, religious people like to persecute people who are free. Come on now. But if you have had this mindset, it's time for you to, to, we're going to talk about that in a minute. We're almost done. Hallelujah. Another thing, we try to avoid things that we are afraid of or what we don't understand. You need to give it to God. James 1.17 says, every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Hallelujah. One thing that we need to do is repent. Repent if we've been taught and thinking wrong about the things of the Holy Spirit. Peter said this in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are afar off, for all whom the Lord our God shall call. Hallelujah. So repent. Lord, I thought, I thought bad. I, I've just, my thinking has been messed up. I want all that I can have. Let's turn to Ezekiel chapter 47 real quick. We like to use this illustration as steps in our lives that maybe we hold back from experience all that God has for us. And this is the prophet Ezekiel and God showing him some things. It says in verse three, as a man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through the water that was ankle deep. And I would say that water, ankle deep water, is just, I would say, salvation. You're getting an understanding. You're being in, introduced to Jesus that can be the Lord of your life. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through the water that was knee deep. Come on. You're getting a little bit more into church. You're bringing your family to church. You're excited. You're getting into the word of God, getting into the Bible. Things are turning around for you. Amen? Nothing like that. Hallelujah. So you're in knee deep water. He measured off another thousand and led me through a water that was up to my waist. Now, how many of you have ever swum in a river? Now, when a river, there is a current. And when you, you know, you get your toe in there, it doesn't affect you too much. Even ankle deep, you know, just, you know, not ever. And then you get up to your knee, oh, big, this is cool. But something happens when you get up to waist deep, the current starts to move you. And, 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 and you've got to brace yourself. And I think what a lot of church people do, they'll get up to their waist, all right, and the spirit begins to move in their life, but they're, they're resisting. They're, they're, they're resisting the flow, the current that wants to take them into the deeper things of God. 
Well, let's raise our hands, people. <laughs> Come on now. How many of you have seen people like that? Let's raise our hands and praise God. They look and then, or maybe one hand. If you read the book of Psalms, it's full of, of things. Clap your hands, all ye people. <laughs> no, clap your hands. Oh, yeah, I can see David clap. Yeah. But you know, we're, we're, we're resisting the move of God. We're resisting. We used to have a thing when people, when the altar call got, the altar call got heavy, people would go to the bathroom. <laughs> I just have an urge to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Let's get out of this waste stuff and get, do something, you know. Or make excuses, you know. And all kinds of, you know, praise God. That resist, you need to get out of that resisting thing and do what the Bible says next. He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in. A river that no one could cross. Hallelujah. That's the way you get in there, Amen. You just jump in. You do the nasty plunge. Hallelujah. And then verse 9 tells us why. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. If you want to live a life that's more abundant, you've got to jump in. You've got to jump in. Hallelujah. I've always liked warm water. I'm a pool guy. All right? A heated pool guy. A jacuzzi pool guy, okay? But there were times, there was a lake that we used to camp in that was uh, high elevation, and Pastor Judy was there. I think she went into it, but called Huntington Lake in, in Sierra Nevadas, one of the highest lakes. And it was cold. It was cold. And the only way that I would ever get into that lake, and I didn't very often. I didn't wade in. I'd go back 100 feet, 200 feet, right? And I'd count down 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and I'd run as fast as I could and just get wet all at once. That's what we've got to learn to do with the things of the Spirit. Just jump in. I don't understand it, but I'm going to jump in. I need the power. Hallelujah. I'm going to jump in to that river. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo, praise the Lord. And it's all because God wants us to develop an intimate fellowship with the Holy Spirit and have that power in our life. 2 Corinthians 13, 14 says this. The amazing grace. This is the end of one of the Apostle Paul's letters to 2 Corinthians. The amazing grace of the Master, Jesus Christ. The extravagant love of God. The intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit with, be with all of you. The intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. Folks, Many of you haven't been baptized with the Holy Spirit. Some maybe haven't. But get hungry for God. 
not by might, nor by power, but by my Holy Spirit. Hallelujah.